Today I'm talking to Alexi Monaville about the book, The Anatomy of Peace. Alexi's been a previous uh, guest or conversationalist with me before, and this conversation kind of came out of another conversation I was having with him about giving feedback and who we are being or where we are coming from. That idea originated from this book called The Anatomy of Peace by the Arbinger Institute. So thanks for joining me again, Alexi. Thank you. Thank you for having me, John. This is, uh, this is really uh, an interesting topic, and I'm, I'm eager to deep dive in. The Anatomy of Peace. That sounds like a weird title and something really difficult to understand. And in reality, the book is so simple that you, you want everybody to read it. Yeah, well, that's like a... And at the same time... Yeah, go on. No, I was going to say, yeah, it's a, it's a very simple story. It's, it's like if you've read um, Patrick Lencioni's Five Dysfunctions of a Team, it's like that, only a little more complicated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, lo- I love the fact that it's a novel. You can identify to at least one of the one of the characters or probably even several of the characters along the book and so it's uh, yeah it's it, it's really easy to to feel what they feel and to to connect with your own stories i really love the novel format so where what were your first thoughts was my yeah, first oh, th- sorry well my first thoughts were <laughs> yeah. like oh no i have too many thoughts where are we going to what are we going to do with this how <laughs> <laughs> I've read it two and a half times and I have seven pages of type notes, which are mostly like quotes and ideas or possible questions to ask you. Um, so yeah, I think I'm grappling a little bit with what, where do we even want to go with this? And I don't know, let's figure it out in real time in front of everyone. I think it's a really good idea. And you, know, you, you mentioned to me something um, before, before we started the, the, the recording about uh, changing your team from the inside, saying, oh, the, your message was around change start with us. And it's really similar with the message in the anatomy of peace. And tell me more about that. Well, this I think this book... This book just doubles down on the whole idea that it's it all starts with you. And not only does it start with you, but it starts with, again, this idea that I'm repeating is, which is, where are you coming from? Who are you being? And... Yes. <laughs> The, I think the, the best way that, that, to summarize that was a quote I wrote down from page 36. It says, generally speaking, we respond to others' ways of being towards us rather than their behavior, which is to say that our children respond more to how we're regarding them than they do to our particular words or actions. And all I could think of there was the workplace. I'm really mad at this person. I think they're a total jerk and they're not helping me, but I'm going to put on the right behavior to get what I want from them so that we can move this thing forward. Yep. And that, that's, that's something that, that really intrigued me when, when we discussed uh, the previous time that you mentioned the idea of uh, 
having your heart at war or your heart at peace. And I, I was reflecting on that, and I was thinking, yeah, okay, okay. I have my heart at war a lot, and it can explain the struggle that I have with uh, some people, either in the workplace or, or in family and with family and um and suddenly my my whole messaging around change start with you needs to go deeper than i saw change starts with who you're being <laughs> yeah yeah and and suddenly you say oh whoa, whoa whoa what do i need to do next and i i think awareness is already a, a good a good first step because when you start to be aware of of who you are at that mo particular moment, uh, maybe you can try to 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 shift that to 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 have a, a sidestep and to start to say, okay, <laughs> maybe I can I can look at that situation a little bit differently. Yeah, and I would even I would I think it applies everywhere, like. In other words, work, home, family, relationships, and even to that person that you're talking to in a call center, maybe thousands of miles away, to get some charge reversed on your credit card or something. I mean, I've been in those situations where it was just like, I'm going to win. I am going to win. <laughs> I am at war with you. <laughs> in other words, I know my heart was there. I am at war with you, <laughs> and I am going to win. Versus, I'm at peace, and let's see what we, you know, let's see what we can do here. I, I think one thing that resonated really well with me in the in the book was um, the idea of the influence pyramid. And um, in the story, they are really drawing the pyramid uh, step by step, and the part that is obvious for everybody. Uh, we need to to right the wrong. We need to we, we are we are dealing with a lot of things that are going wrong, and we want to correct that. And when they draw that, that part is just the top of the pyramid, and it's a small triangle at the top, and that's all. And you say, but what is the rest? <laughs> what is all the rest? <laughs> because if it's only that, and and our focus is 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 often on that small part of the pyramid what is in the 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 rest of the pyramid and uh I, I i love that construction that progressive construction to to help uh really raising the awareness of what it means to help things go all right and i i really enjoy that part yeah, I have the same kind of feeling of, yes, in other words, it's this idea of like maybe the 10% is dealing with what's going wrong, but really putting our full force be behind helping to things go right. Yeah, yeah. And it, that's the whole idea of positive reinforcement. And it's, it's, it's really strange because when you start to, to think that way, um, I, I'm, I'm not saying I'm... Uh, uh, I'm um, I'm 
I read the book and now I'm perfect. Absolutely <laughs> not. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, I, I cannot make that promise to people. You still need to read the book, eh? but you may not be perfect just after reading it. Uh, but the, the, the thing is you catch yourself or you, or you see people doing things in another way. Um, to give you an example, uh, we have a, a new puppy uh, at home. And of course, a new puppy doesn't uh, doesn't know uh, uh, how to behave the way we expect a, a perfect dog to behave. There's a lot of expectations from the people who <laughs> who have a dog, and uh, and we we asked uh, uh, a professional uh, to to come to visit us and to 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 tell us a little bit more on how to to handle uh, the, the the things. And uh, I was listening to her. And looking at her behaving with the dog, and I noticed that she was doing only positive reinforcement. Only positive reinforcement. Which is absolutely not what you what you see people do with their dogs. Which is really interesting. So how does that translate to like the workplace? Ah, uh, yeah, because it will be a little bit more difficult to discuss with uh, your your coworkers, uh, <laughs> like, uh, and to to congratulate them uh, because they are going to their to their place. Uh, they, I I think in the workplace you you can notice a lot of time when people are doing exactly the right thing, and I I think you should say it. Um, and that's that's where the feedback is really interesting. That you you can provide feedback that will be uh, positive reinforcement about one particular behavior, for example, that you you notice that people are doing great. You know that that for for example, I have a, I have someone in my team who is uh, usually already quiet in the in in meetings, for example. But you can see that he's listening really carefully and from time to time he's asking a question. And he's usually asking really, really good questions. And so I noticed that, of course, because it's really helping the, the whole team to move forward. And I told him and um, I tried to tell him exactly uh, the moment, what was the question and how it helped the team. And uh, I noticed that he's doing it more. And I'm saying, I'm thinking, yeah, this is cool. I don't know if it's because of me, but anyway, I love it because it's really helping the team. So it's a good, good news for the team. And I think a few years back, I would have told that person, um, you know, you are, you are already quiet in the meeting. I don't feel you're already engaged. You, 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 didn't, you need to speak up more. Um, and I think uh, it, would not have helped as much. What do you think? Yeah, there's such a contrast there. Yeah, that's uh, that's exactly the the things that are wrong, and you want to correct that. Yeah, you want people to speak up more, or the things that are right that are really helpful, and uh, you want people to do that more. In reality, the result is the same. That person is speaking up more in meeting. Uh, but the way you are dealing with that, it's totally different. Yeah, and it's the, and this was actually one of the this touches on like one of the hooks in the preface to the book 
the last sentence that says uh, this one section. Furthermore, the book shows how we systematically misunderstand the cause and unwittingly perpetuate the very problems we are trying to solve. So we think we're doing something that's going to make it better. I'm going to tell this person they need to speak up more. That'll make it better. But instead, it would probably make the situation worse. Yep. And that's not to say that there isn't a time for direct, truthful feedback. This is what I need. This is what I'm seeing. But like this little triangle, <laughs> maybe the maybe the <laughs> proportions of those approaches could be a lot different. Yeah, and and when you say, uh, and I, I I agree, and that doesn't mean you will not express what uh, what you need, what should really help you. But I think if your art is at peace, to reuse that expression, it's really powerful. Um, you can express that in a totally different way, and and that. That communication level uh, will be different. Yeah. Oh, you and, nailed uh, it. You nailed it. Yes, because what? Okay. Yes, because as we were talking here, I was like, "Oh, yeah, we're just giving some good tips and tricks." <laughs> but but <laughs> who you are being is not a tip, and it's not tips and tricks. It it. What do I want to say? It has to be an authentic part of you. Like you can't fake a heart at peace. Yep. I mean, you can try, but most people can smell it. Yeah, and I, I think that's the that's the part that we don't we don't get when, for example, you have you have those tricks or those tips that people are telling you that oh yeah you should smile, and uh, which is a good which is, which is a good thing which is it's a really good right. idea. Our brain doesn't make the difference between a real smile and a fake smile, and it will generate some uh, some good chemicals for us. So it's a good idea to smile anyway. But it's really different if you smile because you think, okay, I need to force my smile so I will get that refund of my credit card expense, or, or, or I will have my plane ticket refund or whatever. So I will smile, smile and everything will be fine. No, I don't think so, because you are still in the, if you are still with your art at war, you still want to win, and you still want that person in front of you to lose. And you can smile whatever, as, as much as you want, I don't think it will work. Yeah, and I would make up, like, I love, well, I think that's an even better example than mine. Yeah, you're standing in front of the ticket counter at the airport, trying to get your flight rebooked or whatever. Your whole, yeah. there's only so much fake stuff you can emanate. <laughs> but I, yes. Yeah. In other words, I do see this and I'm curious, do you, well, I'll, I'll answer the question myself, but I'm curious what your answer is. I'm noticing that I feel this in my body in different ways. In other words, when I'm at war with someone or a situation, there's a lot of activity in my brain. A lot of calculating, a lot of strategy, a lot of like, okay, I'll do this and then I'll do that. There's also like this kind of burning sensation, maybe at the top of my chest, like below my throat. And it's like kind of anger, hostility, like, how can I win? Whereas when I'm coming from my heart, it's this more settled, open feeling in my heart, maybe lower in my stomach. What about you? Do you do you notice this in any particular way? 
Um, the, I, the, I would say it's, it's probably more some kind of tension uh, in, the, in the shoulder. Um, that could be my, 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 my signal that there's, there's something that is not really aligned. Um, and there's a yeah, there's kind of sense of stiffness or um, in yeah, suddenly that's a, yeah, that's a physical signal that I should probably should probably <laughs> breathe a little bit and <laughs> take a step back and and think of think of the things differently and and probably start by 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 listening uh, before before speaking. And that's uh, yeah, you 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 reach the counter. Uh, the, your your plane was cancelled. Um, the person behind the counter knows exactly why you are there, and she knows that or he knows that the the flight is cancelled. So all that is ready shared knowledge. Uh, now it's how both of you will deal with the situation, and you know that there's a line of uh, probably 100 people behind you that uh, want exactly the same thing as you. So let's do it and uh, and see how how it will work. And I, I remember one time, I think it was in Raleigh, and uh, um, flight was cancelled. Get out of the plane. I was lucky enough to be in the in the front row, so I was nearly the be, be among the first people behind the, the in the line at the counter, and. I was listening to the people before me that was yelling at the people in the other side of the counter. And so when my, my turn came, I, I told the person, the, the, the man in front of me, I told him, oh, yeah, that's, that seems it's, it will be a tough day. <laughs> and and, and uh, he was not even looking at me when, when he, he was just behind the, looking at the terminal and not looking even at me. Which is rare for for airline people because usually they, they they try to make eye contact, they try to smile. But I think the person before was so so hard with him that didn't want to he didn't want more. But the simple fact I've said, I acknowledge that yeah, it was probably a tough day for him too. That uh, um, he he looked at me, <laughs> took my ticket, and. Um, and he found a really good way. I was rebooked and I left the airport, um, I think, half an hour later or something like that. It was quite impressive. And I catch my international flight, which was really the, the, the whole thing that I wanted to have. I wanted to go back home. And I, I, I was in Europe at that time. So I don't know if the outcome would have been different if I I'd just tell him, okay, rebook me on the, the next available flight. And if I had yelled at him, but anyway, even if the results would have been exactly the same, uh, my experience was much better, and I hope his experience was much better too. No one hears what I think was happening, and it totally ties right into the book. When we're, when we're coming from a heart at war, the other person is an object. When we come from a, from yeah. a heart at peace... We see the other person as a person. You are seeing that guy as another person. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's it. That's, and yeah, that, that's really an important thing that 
that the distinction that they make in the book and all the examples they give about seeing people as objects or seeing people as person. The, the first time they said that in the book, I said, no, 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 no. That's not, that's not what it is. <laughs> that's um, someone else's course, problem. The first example. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and well, of course, after the first example, I was saying, yeah, yeah, okay, that's exactly, that's exactly what it is. That's, those people are obstacles. And that's, yeah, they're objects. Yeah. That was the most humbling. I think that was one of the most humbling parts of the whole book for me, particularly as a recovering project manager, where, man, if I had a do-over in some situations, I, I can only imagine how different the situation could have been if it hadn't been like, well, this person in this function is an object. They are just in the way of finishing this or they need to finish it. Like if this, if this, you know, piece on the chessboard would just move in this direction, then we could be done. And how much war and chaos I was, this is, this is so ironic because, you know, it ties to the first part where it says, you know, the situation we think that we're trying to make better, we're making worse. And so in seeing this person or this function as an object, I, I wasn't helping it to go better. Yeah. Yeah, and I, that's, I don't know for the, the people who are listening if, if they can feel the difference between the two. Um, but yeah, reading the book will help you to see the difference between having your heart at peace or having your heart at war. And that idea of seeing the others as people and seeing the others as objects. And this is really powerful. They even pushed it further with a fairly complicated, well, not complicated, but they talked about a person that was literally at war who was coming from a, from a heart of peace. I believe the person's name was oh, yeah. Saladin. Saladin, yeah. however you say yeah, exactly. that. So yeah, yeah. you have to read yeah. the book that's, to get that, but you'll be like, that's kind of a mind bender. Like how could, well, I mean, of course, one of the characters in the story struggles with that too, but yes, how, <laughs> how could someone that is at literally at war also be at peace? Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the example of uh, Saladin invading a city, I will not tell you the city because you, you will not believe me, but you read the book and will, you, you will know. And and doing that with the art at peace is quite incredible and and true by the way that's uh, which is which oh it's is a true story cool. yeah I don't know my his- <laughs> I don't I don't know my history in that part of the world very well okay wow yeah but that part of the world uh, has a really complex history so that's uh, that's pretty cool what else jumped out at you or punched you in the face. You know, at some point they discussed the the, the boxes, and they, they are telling you you need yes. to, to get outside of the box. I'm not in a box. And, oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not. No, no. And and they have examples of boxes like the the better than box, and uh, the the boxes are splitted in four four tiles, and uh, the the first one is the view of myself. The other one is view of others view of the world and feelings and and yes uh, we are in the boxes more than we should probably 
And that was really interesting. That yeah, and you when you read that, you say, oh, okay, uh, it's a problem. If the view of myself, if I see myself as superior, important, I see others are inferior, incapable, irrelevant. I see the world as very, being very competitive, and uh, yeah, I'm impatient, uh, indifferent to others, and so on. It, and you say, okay, that's the better than box. Um, how often I am in that box? Um, and that's, yeah, this, this was an interesting exercise to say, oh, okay, that's also an interesting signal. When you view the situation in a certain way, um, you're probably in that box and you are, you, you, you are not able to be yourself. You are not, you need to free yourself. You need to get out that box. And it's an interesting. Yeah. And I think the idea being too, if anytime you were in a box, you were at war. Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of, as we're describing this, you might be thinking, oh my gosh, this is like 10 pages of boxes and diagrams. It's really simple. <laughs> it's really, it's fairly simple. Like you said, there's four boxes. And what I found really helpful was that you could kind of back into some of the boxes. So, for instance, there's the I deserve box. And it might be, you know... Maybe in a given day, I'd be like, well, that's not me. You know, I, I don't feel like I deserve, you know, I'm fine there. But if you like switch to the section where it says, well, what's your view of others? The view of others in that, in the I deserve box is that others are mistaken, they're mistreating me, and they're ungrateful. Mm-hmm. Hmm, I, yeah, I think I felt that way. <laughs> oh, yeah. am I in that box? Huh. Well, if I'm in that box, according to this model, that would mean that I'm feeling mistreated, I'm a victim of these circumstances, and I'm unappreciated. Oh, is that true? Maybe it is. Yeah, that's it, and it's, it's, exactly, it's exactly that. And uh, when, I, when I was looking at the different boxes, you know, that, that reminded me the, the, the responsibility process from uh, Christopher Avery, um, where, where he said you, you, want to, you want to respond to events uh, in a responsible way, so you are, you are responsible of how you react and how you behave, and all the other all the other options are are ways to not be responsible and to escape the situation. And, and stay in the box. That were, yeah, exactly. And that was, I I could have mapped those the, the responsibility process with the the different boxes nearly perfectly. That was really interesting to say. Oh yeah. Um. Okay. I mean, the I deserved box, and um, yeah, I feel untitled about things, and uh, yeah, okay, ah, that's a, that's a problem, and yeah, yeah, really, really eye-opening. And as you said, that you may don't think you you may don't not view yourself as, but when you look at the other. Uh, tiles in the in the sandbox you say oh yeah see yeah okay yeah it happens from time to time not <laughs> often i'm trying not to be in the box of course but uh, yeah from time to time it could happen <laughs> right well that, what's interesting uh, too is how you get in the box and i think this this oh my goodness this just this is coming up everywhere in my world right now especially with clients and myself which is the idea of choice so at the top of their 
diagram, they have this idea of you have a sense or a desire. So a sense that you should do something or a desire to do something. And then the choice comes, do I honor that sense or do I betray that sense? This part actually is, maybe it's a tangent, but I'm not totally sure how much I buy this part in terms of the betraying, like honoring or betraying. Because sometimes I think it's really, the examples in the book make it really clear cut. Oh, in this, in this sense, this person was not honoring their sense of what they should do. And this other one, they betrayed it. Sometimes I think it, sometimes I think the real struggle is like, which is it? Yeah, I, I think that's that's that idea of choice is really odd, uh, and that's putting us in front of uh, of the reality that we have the choice, and and when we have our our heart at peace, we can choose to to fulfill our desire or or sense of what is the right thing to do, and and when we will have our heart at war, we will uh, we will betray that sense and we will do something else. And I think that's that's to really introduce the idea of we have the choice, but to make that choice, you need to be you need you, you need to be centered and to to recognize if you are if you are going in the box, you will you will you will unfortunately not make the right choice. And, and then, well, and this is the part that blew my mind. And then once you're in the box, you double down on being in the box. So. Once you betray the sense of what you're supposed to do, then you, then you're at war, and then you just perpetuate more war. Yep, and that's uh, and it's really odd because yeah, there's there's uh, people, for example, you've been used to have a conflicting relation relationship with them, and um, and it's hard to escape that situation. Well, being in the box, it makes it about them and not about you. So they use the example yeah. in the book of the guy that tells his wife he's going to edge the lawn or something. And then <laughs> he doesn't because he had, quote, really good reasons. And then his wife gets mad. Now, granted, she doesn't handle it very well either, in my opinion. <laughs> but they end up they end up in this loop that ties into something else I thought was interesting. Where did I write that down? It was, um, oh, yeah, they d- and they describe the loop in this way. Um, she does results in what I see, ver- results in what I do, results in what she sees. And it's just this loop that perpetuates itself. And I can't remember where I was going with that, so <laughs> help me out. <laughs> No, but that, that's it. That's when when that that choice is uh, is not so obvious to make, and and when you see the other person and you you have an history of uh, of being being in the box and being uh, at war with that person, uh, it's it's odd because you would like that person to forget about all the history and to be at peace, so that you can be at peace. And yeah. that's a little bit easy to, 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 yeah, that sounds 
dumb to say that this way, but it's exactly that. It's, could you please do the the first step toward peace so I can do it? <laughs> right. Yes. Which then advocates yourself of responsibility. It's the other person's fault. So yes. Okay. Now I remember what yeah. I was going to say. Yes. So in this, so what happened? So if you kind of follow their model here, he had a sense of what the right thing to do was. And, and granted, this stuff happens in in nanoseconds. <laughs> But in other words, he, I think he had a sense of like the right thing to do was just to edge the lawn. But instead, I think he played tennis with his friend until it got dark or something. So it, so he made a choice to keep playing tennis with his friend. And then when his wife got mad, he made it about her. Mm-hmm. So his choice, he made a choice. But then the whole fallout from it he wanted to blame on her. Which again, yeah, this whole idea of we, we perpetuate the problem we're trying to solve. <laughs> I want to make yeah. this project ship on time. <laughs> so I'm going to go at war <laughs> with some people because that'll get it done. And I suppose sometimes yeah. it does, yeah. but you also, there's collateral yeah. damage. Yeah. The relationship will probably not be better. <laughs> and they will probably hide some information from you the next time. So you don't know what will go on. Right, and then and then I get more frustrated that it's not going well because they won't change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then they should a, read your book. Yeah. Right. Should read it again. The, going deeper with this idea of, of getting out the box and realizing that you are in the box and um, that will not happen. Uh, necessarily easily but that's your choice and that's that's an interesting one to say wow uh, okay i'm responsible of that one so if i blame other people uh, definitely i'm in the box um and that's not acting in a responsible way if i try to justify myself find justification of anything i'm still in the box and i'm not acting responsibly um and and so on so i i think that's that's interesting to to realize that it's not necessarily easy to 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 work on that um and there was something that he did say at some point that, that really interested me that um, when you see conflicts between countries or you see that people have enemies and they have uh, allies and um i i didn't say at the beginning why it will be important but when you are at war with someone, and if you, we take the example of that person uh, that is not edging the land and uh, the, the, the wife is unhappy and they are both unhappy in reality, um, if they tell their story to their allies, their allies will uh, agree with them that they are absolutely right. And that will reinforce their position of being at war and being on one side. And, and it's... Uh, it's and then it multiplies. Yeah. And I, I think that's what we are doing when we tell a story about uh, spouses uh, that were with the wife d- did that and the, the husband did that. And the, and all the husbands will side with the one husband and uh, all the wives will <laughs> side with <laughs> the wife. And we are perpetuating those relationships that are conflicting for no reason. Or in the software and, project. 
one team's frustrated <laughs> with another team. So instead of figuring stuff out, or well, not figure. Instead of coming from a heart at peace and treating the other people like people and saying, "I care about you and I want to make this work," we tell our neighbor or our other team member, like you know, how messed up that other situation is, and if they would just get their stuff together, we'd be fine. Yeah, and you, you, hear, yeah, and you can hear that after that from several teams that have problem with that particular other teams. And yet they are really not people. Usually, that's the, we use the three, the TLA, the three-letter acronym to design that team, uh, and they are not people at all. We don't even know who is leading that team anymore. That's uh, that's uh, A, B, C, or D, D, F, and that's that's that team that is causing troubles in a, in in the in the whole organization suddenly. They are the obstacle. Yeah. So yeah, it applies everywhere and uh, and it's really impressive so get out of the box <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and i think what the resonance what resonated for me out of this too was just the whole idea of personal responsibility extreme ownership um and going in a different direction realizing what pointed me to this book was was grappling with the idea of judgment, judgment of others, and how that was getting in the way of what I wanted more of in my life. And there's a lot of a lot of the scenarios as I read these too. I also looked through the lens of removing the judgment. Like there's so much. In other words, if I'm if I deserve something or if I'm better than like in so many, I think in maybe all four of the boxes, there's an element of judgment towards someone or something else. And then like dealing with that changes everything. Yeah. And I, I think when, when I listen to you say that, that idea of judgment, and I think it applies to judgment to others toward others or, or toward yourself. Yes, toward both, both. Oh my gosh, this, here's a, here's a mind bender. Well, maybe not. I don't think anytime you're judging someone else, you're judging yourself. And, mm-hmm. anytime, and I found the number of times, the times that I'm judging myself, I'm doing the same thing to someone else. Like, like they, they very rarely exist independently. Yes. You can, is, dis- you, the- you can disagree with me too. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, I can't. I, I can't on that one. That's it. That's exactly where the choice is. That's, uh, um, and and I think that's the 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 flag that we can see that tells us, oh, I am, I'm, I'm stuck in the box, and I need to get out of it. And you know, it's a. Uh, uh, I, I don't know when we will uh, when we re- re- release the recording, but when we are recording right now, it's the International Day of Happiness, and it's a, it's a special one, I think, for a lot of people, um, because the the situation in the world is really uh, really crazy for a lot of people because suddenly we are facing something we we we. That is really difficult, really overwhelming for a lot of people. 
and telling people, yeah, it's International Day of Happiness, so you can make the choice to be happy. It's uh, it's a little <laughs> bit crazy, right? <laughs> right, right. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness, yes. Well, and what I've realized for myself is, and I'm really actively working on this, is is judging other people's responses to what's going on. And having to come back and just... For, well, um, so where I'm living in this exact moment that we're recording this, I am good. I am well. I am not suffering. Except when I choose to. <laughs> and... So, and yet I encounter in some of my interactions with other people, they're really distressed, they're really worried, um, any number of different things. And I have felt some of those things. I'm not like just totally, you know, Buddha over here. But, um... So yeah, so I guess there's there's two tracks there. The one track is realizing, oh my goodness, I, I'm judging that person's response to this, and and where I've gone with that, which is probably a whole other conversation for another time. The idea of a hopono opono, it's the it's a, a Hawaiian practice of forgiveness, and it's it's four four short phrases, and I've. I practice, I say it to myself, maybe I'll say it to the, the person in my mind, that it's, it's four phrases. I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you. Now the last one might sound really weird, like, how do you say I love you to this person you don't even know? I don't know. <laughs> but there's something that goes on there when I think of, like, I'll even say it towards myself, like, wow, I just totally that person's having a really difficult time over there and I just judge them. And so I'll just say that to myself to forgive myself. Uh, or maybe I'll say it for them. Um, and I don't know what's going on, but something shifts, something changes inside of me. And it, it, it brings, it gets me out of the judgment and it brings me peace. The other place I guess I was going with that was, like constantly choosing in the moment. So, um, again, given we're in this exact moment when we're having this conversation, uh, I am well. Things are, things are, I am well. <laughs> Will things be well in another hour? Yep, probably so. Tomorrow? Probably. A week from now? Given the rate of change, who knows? But it's not a week from now, it's now. So I'm just going to choose now to be happy with what's in front of me. So I went six different places there. You can just pick whatever one you like. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's, it's, I think that brings us to the, to the choice once again and say uh, we have that ability to, to choose and to be able to, to make those choices uh, we need to get out of the box. We need to have that art at peace. And it's not necessarily easy uh, to get out of the box, 
that we can listen to the signals that are telling us that we are in the box. Yes. And recognizing that, it's, it's a good first step, I think. Yeah, and I like to think of it like meditation, too. Like in, in meditation, the idea of just returning. So your mind wanders, you return, return, return. Like it's a, this is a lifelong practice. Um, but again, it's not judging yourself when you get into the box, too. Because it can be like, ah, oh, I'm in the box again. I'm such an idiot. I should know this by now. Forgiveness. <laughs> Forgiveness. Let it go. <laughs> yeah, that, that was my first struggle with uh, meditation. I was, I was thinking I'm really not good at it. Um, and then um, I, I read something uh, about the, the practice of meditation. And, and I understood, oh, okay, so... The fact that my mind wanders, it's, uh, it's what minds do. So, yep, it will happen. So that's the practice. Your mind will wander. You will notice it. And you will go back to what was your practice today. Yeah, and you say, return. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, 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 and you develop that kind of muscle in a way that, that helps you to do it uh, better. But it will continue to happen anyway. That's not, <laughs> that's, but you are better at noticing and going back to your practice that's the whole point so i think by noticing when you are in the box and noticing the signals the tension in the shoulder or whatever uh, physical signal you can you can feel that's a good thing that's a good good step forward and that's uh, that's that's where where you want to go speaking of places to go are there any other places you think we should go? Probably, I think. And uh, the people who are uh, listening, I hope, have uh, enjoyed that uh, discussion and are ready to read The Anatomy of Peace. And, uh, and yeah, uh, feedbacks, comments, uh, send that our way. Uh, I would really enjoy and read what you have or listen to, to what you think about all that. And, of course, listen to what you think about the book. What do you think, John? I would say exactly the same thing. Yeah, especially especially if something yeah, caught your attention, you have an epiphany, completely disagree. Those are some of my favorite ones. Oh, you're completely wrong. Oh, okay. Tell me more about that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm not going to go to... I will do my best not to go, go to war with you. So um, <laughs> from my heart at peace... Let's let's explore that together. How, what did I miss? What what are you seeing that I don't see? So, yeah, beautiful. Perfect. Thank you very much, John. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the John Polster show. Notes, links, and all that other good stuff for this episode are at johnpolster.com/podcast. Send your questions, ideas, or a simple hello to podcast at johnpolster.com. Want to stay up to date on new episodes and receive notifications of upcoming events? Register your email address at johnpolster.com slash updates.